0: Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect.
1: Hi, I'm Natalie, and I've totally just hijacked this podcast. But I really wanted you guys to get to know Kathy Love. Um, for anyone who doesn't actually know me, I'm the marketing coordinator for NACAR Consulting. So we thought we'd flip the switch, and I'd be interviewing Kathy Love, so that you guys can get to know her more. Are you ready, Kathy? So ready.
0: <laughs> okay. So ready. So fear not. I am here. she's
1: not bound by the way she 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 did voluntarily say yep let's do something
0: like this so I have no idea what you're gonna ask like there was rumor of questions but I haven't seen them yeah exactly
1: and I'm thinking that's gonna be for the best and we can get to really know you so I think the first question is especially because we're going to be talking about your business journey and how you got here since it's a whopping business that you have and whopping value that you give. How did it all start? Like where, where was that first crumb of inspiration?
0: I don't know how long we've got because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really old and, you know, there's many years of stuff. But do you know what? I used to sell bookmarks. I used <laughs> to I used to kind of sell stuff as a kid. So, you know, you know, the lemonade stall stuff? Yeah. That was me.
1: Oh, my gosh. So you had that entrepreneurial, like, zest way,
0: way before. Yeah. If you wanted a pet rock, I was your girl. Oh. My- <laughs> do you know yeah. what a pet rock is? I Like, as in a rock? Yeah. Yeah. That-
1: yeah. So I used back to the do 70s. the same thing. I used to do the the same thing in, no, not in the (laughs) seventies, but when I was in primary school, I did the same thing. I, so it's really cool to, you know, we are very much alike as we know from our quizzes that we've done. Mm -hmm. So that makes total sense. Um, so from, I guess the bookmarks (laughs) you went, (laughs) you went through, uh, primary school, high school and whatnot. How, how did you land into allied health?
0: Yeah, when I was kind of year 10, 11-ish, I thought I wanted to do nursing um, and from a family that did that sort of work, but I was also from a family of retailers and um, if I go right back through my lineage, there's bakers and artisans and traders and merchants and all sorts of people who went to weird places and sold things (laughs) and then on the other side there is a, a medical helping um yeah bit of sales kind of stuff as well so it was it was yeah sort of I guess no coincidence you think you make your own choices but who really knows what your DNA is driving you towards Uh, And so I thought I wanted to do nursing. That seemed like a safe bet. I always wanted to work with kids and families. That was appealing. But I was kind of also torn about art and um, graphic design and that creativity piece as well. And um, I didn't even know what occupational therapy was. It was mum that just suggested it one time. And um, I kind of looked at the course thing and it was really vague (laughs) <laughs> pretty vague on a good day And I thought yeah look let's just go for that and I got in um and I loved it and I was very relaxed about the breadth of it yeah I, uh, yeah I think they lose a few OT students along the way but um yeah kind of tracked on tracked on through uh through that and um is interesting I was talking with someone last night actually about this that as a student, I wasn't particularly I was dedicated and a decent sort of student, but when it came to the clinical placements, I wasn't everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> and, um, and I sort of had other ideas about things. And um I think I only just passed a few placements. And there was just often this piece about she talks too much, um, you know, make sure you stay professional and a few other bits and pieces. And those undergraduate um quirks or vagaries turned out to be my greatest asset as a professional clinician on the other side that I was happy to go there I was happy to have those bigger conversations I was pretty comfortable holding space with things it wasn't all about me and my therapy it was about them and so on and sort of so it tracked and um my private practice started when I moved to London in um, mid to late 80s. So, yeah, you know, as a clinician four or five years out, I was starting some to see some private clients. Uh, moved back to Adelaide, picked up more private clients and always had some part-time work back to Melbourne, did some part-time work uh, and then sort of realised that, you know, for the way I wanted things done, the flexibility that i hoped for but never got yeah um it was about sort of starting up my own my own business and i i just had a couple of really really fortunate opportunities in those early days through colleagues um really really fortunate I just set the scene and it kind of went from went from there in kind of the late 90s uh and then across the 2000s it was just uh crazy town really yeah
1: Mm. I mean, apparently the world was supposed to end, but apart from that,
0: (laughs) it didn't, didn't, which is great. 2000 ticked over and I changed the name of my business and I moved into a company structure and started working with consultants in the early 2000s and sold in 2012. So, um,
1: And I guess did that move from private practice to that consulting area? Was it because you were seeing gaps in the industry? Like was there, especially when, you were just saying you know you were told to not talk too much or have so much space and you probably had so many thoughts being like having an entrepreneurial mindset Mm. already was it like you know what I need I like I didn't feel supported during this time someone there needs to be some support there for
0: others Uh um so in the early um early years of the private practice, I had really rapid growth that so I just really did not know how to manage. And um and I just started asking questions and I found myself gravitating to uh friends of friends and fathers of friends. Oh wow. Like, this doesn't sound creepy, but no. <laughs> it does sound creepy. But what I realized was that there was there were people within arm's reach of my immediate network who knew how to run businesses. Yeah. Because I knew that I didn't know enough. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, some of those early mentors was a father of a um, a wonderful colleague. Um, and then I tapped into the local council and got amazing mentoring through there and then I started to kind of engage my own consultants to come in for periods of work to kind of coach me and help me develop um the infrastructure for one of a better word in the in the business and so what i tapped into was it was a lot that i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that's that's everything like when you first start you're you're literally trying to keep your head above water because there's just so much mm. you feel like you have to do and then there's that impending pressure of that you have to do it right now Um, And I feel like just in general, any business owner Mm. would feel like that when they first start. So the fact that you had mentors and you found that solace in them, I think that's amazing. Like that was a great opportunity. Um, And it shows because of how you conduct yourself today.
0: Yeah. So nowadays in the business, you're part of our team that when we identify a skill gap, knowledge gap that we don't have in-house we bring in consultants for a period of time who then leave legacy systems and architecture for us that we might recruit into that into that role um, we've kind of done that quite a few times now over the over the while um, I think it I think it's a really good model I mean who you don't always have time to learn at the pace that the business needs yeah and there's people out there who can just bring that intel in and do what it's got to do and can leave you with with um, that lovely trail of, um, of infrastructure. And I guess that's part of finding the right consultants, isn't? Would you partner with us to achieve this but leave us with that as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that takes a certain type of consultant because some would be like, oh, no, it's my IP. And then some would be like, oh, no, you can totally have it because they really want to make sure that you succeed mm. and they want to be part of that however long that journey is for them. Um, but on the flip side, I know being in uh, your team that you're not afraid to put dollars toward team members to learn something. So mm, like we're yeah. always upskilling, there's always courses, whether it be project management, whether it be Facebook community management, whatever it may be, you, you're you not afraid to invest. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of business owners have you know that kind of fear um especially when they're first starting because it it is scary because you don't know what the ROI is going to be so yeah the
0: example around um we have a brand new team member who just joined us uh six weeks ago two months ago and um we had we envisaged that she because of her profile that we'd sort of done with her, and where her flow was, that she would be great to come in and serve a particular role to be a facilitator in our Facebook community. And I didn't know where the training was. I thought there was training. Someone said there was training. Yeah. And so one of her early tasks are: where is the training? What is it worth? Do you want to do it? What value will it bring to the business? And she almost did the micro. Well, she did do the micro business case for it, and then. I have the pleasure of tick, go and do it. A Tell prover. us what it's like <laughs> on the other side um, so that we can kind of bring that, bring that in because um, I think it's important. I think it's important for team to kind of be improving themselves and team will leave us at some point and I want them to leave, you know, being sustainable professionals that go on to contribute with wherever else they work as well
1: yeah and that's right and um I feel that every team member that we do have they're also company minded so Mm. whether they have if they're they're a contractor or they're an employee they they're literally for NACAR consulting they're they're the ones who Mm really see your goals and want to push forward. And I think even though we just met that team member two months ago, she really has that zest
0: to just... She could move into any of our houses right now. Honestly.
1: Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess speaking of, so that model of the consultancy and then private practice, what are the key differences that you found like running both, like pros and cons, I guess?
0: So running my private practice and then now running um, NACA. Uh, The principles of business are pretty agnostic. Okay. And so both businesses were delivering professional services and value in exchange for money. Yeah. Uh, And I guess both businesses are, you know, person-centric. And um, you know, clients are front and center of, of what I have done, and what I'm doing in the current business and what we did in the in the private practice as well. So people kind of come first and you know, we like to um provide a client-centric experience and success pathway as we as we call it in-house. And that's a, a commonality. I think the financial fitness uh is common and yeah. you know the numbers never lie. Sometimes (laughs) they're not right. And sometimes they're not what you want. But uh, you do need to uh, really up your financial knowledge. And, you know, Month on month on month, I'm learning more and more about uh, about that, um, and so no slouch on that front. And you know, the financial habits I learned in private practice have absolutely flowed through, but just ten x a hundred x across the current the current business. The value of team. And uh, having the right people in the right role at the right time for the right reason, super, super important. And to um, be courageous enough to have those necessary conversations that I don't think this is working for either of us anymore. Um, Yeah. And to kind of release people before it gets too foxy um, and uncomfortable, um, and that's necessary just as it's necessary to kind of train people and keep them engaged and, you know, finding those new edges that uh, we know are out there and, and bringing that um, knowledge back in to then cross-share across the team um, as as well. I think that um, another feature of both businesses is is knowing where you want to go. And yeah. You may not always know how you're going to get there, but uh, strategic planning is as much about knowing what you don't want as what you do want, and to just kind of narrow the road a little, yeah. so that um, you're not trying to do all of the things all of the all of the time. And it was one of the observations across the the pandemic uh, with many of our clients, and I can kind of relate as well. Is that I think the pandemic put us into a position of reactivity and many entrepreneurs felt really quite crushed. Yes. Because they kind of had their their blue sky thinking time, as I call it, somewhat compromised. And, um, you know, those, those quarterly weekends away to do the strategic planning, those weeks at Noosa to do the strategic planning, they were kind of hard to come by, particularly in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, this year we're just... All quietly, uh, quietly messaging to the universe that we up our proactive game, we up our strategic game. Look, everyone was certainly strategic through the through COVID, but perhaps not the strategies that they wanted to be thinking about. So that permission to give yourself time to do the strategic thinking and planning, um, I think, has been a um, a feature of of both businesses. And I reckon the, the top and bottom line really is about making sure customers leave happier and better and more informed and productive and successful than they did when they made the first phone call. As I'm listening to this,
1: it's so interesting because our business bootcamp or Love Your Business is literally starting when this is coming out.
0: Um, we organize that well
1: yes so um it's funny because if someone is hearing this and they're doing the boot camp they'll know what they're going to be learning because what you've literally just structured is pretty is much it? the day, same as it? that was the yeah it's very similar it's like finance oh. it's like know your numbers uh strategy um you Purpose, know the,
0: productivity. productivity i did mention that one exactly. that's hilarious i totally good pick up yeah. That's why you're in marketing, Nat. That's where you're marketing. Detail
1: oriented. Like I just see yeah. things and go, how do I spin it? But um which is awesome. And what I want people to know is like while well, we have this opportunity, to kind of little shameless plug, we are having if you are in the boot camp, we are having another one April fourth. Mm. So save that date. We'll get you those details later.
0: But so I'm if, just gonna triple check my calendar. I know I said I could do it. Yeah, it's in.
1: Okay, good. <laughs>
0: I think I'm going to leave the week before, so I'll be all revved up, all revved awesome, up. Awesome, awesome. Um, Have you ever done anything like a boot camp? Have you ever done a real kind of five-day intensive?
1: Me, personally, no, but mm. I want. I would probably, knowing me and my studiousness, I would thrive. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love having, you know, something to do, like the homework at the end or learning with someone. Um, right now, I'm doing a 12-month course at the moment um, to up my marketing game and mm. for my clients, but even Yay. that, like, yeah, yeah, like it's awesome. I literally had uh Tuesday, uh, we did three hours of work on strategy, but the whole mm. quarter is going to be about strategy, so we're learning all these great tools, which I can't wait like to talk to you <laughs> offline, Kathy, about okay, that's Later. awesome.
0: Yes, so back to you, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> this is just year. say, sometimes like this bootcamp thing. I had a ball running the first one and um, I got great feedback about it. Yeah. I'd have loved a boot camp. Like I would probably love to do a boot camp now.
1: I just yes. think it's a really
0: good model. Like it's not, you know, four days away and you've got to fly and stay somewhere and it's just kind of get up, do it, do it, think about it, get it get it done. Repeat. And right
1: before you're, like, you like you have your morning coffee.
0: You do and it I at 8 a.m.? get to the beach early because I'm usually just struggling back from the beach at about 8. It would be a little jolt to the... the uh... It's like
1: you first start off on the mobile <laughs> and then you go <laughs> to
0: the, the computer. Looking like for my shoes. <laughs> what were you going to ask? Um,
1: I was going to ask just touching on the whole pandemic um, because, yes, a lot of us had to... Strategize after because obviously we were in the thick of it in March, and obviously we would have done our business planning and things earlier than that, and we would have to change. Mm. What I wanted to ask because you've been through it, your clients have been through it. What are like the three things you learned quite quickly to help you be so reactive, like to get someone out of that rut and just do something?
0: Mm. What I observed across our remarkable clients and just spectacular allied health business owners was a couple of pieces on that. I learned that um, confidence in your leadership skills came out as number number one. Confidence and leadership are slightly different, but Mm. they certainly came together. That there needed to be a confidence to trust yourself that you were informed and a confidence that you were making great informed decisions and a confidence that you were communicating really appropriately because there was so much uncertainty and one of the one of the things that you could provide um, to your team was certainty that you were informed and making decisions on the day on the hour sometimes even um, to you know navigate yourself and them and clients and the whole business through the pandemic so that leadership piece and confidence was super super important uh, there was also a big step up required in terms of um, your ability to make quick decisions. So that agility, that um, it wasn't a phase. The businesses that navigated the pandemic really well were agile and quick. Yeah. Okay. They didn't wait to see what everyone else was doing. They were the leaders. They got their teams working from home. They got the tech sorted. They switch to how to boost culture in a remote work environment, they just totally went there within hours. They weren't the businesses that were waiting weeks to see what others were doing. They um, just trusted that this is what it took and they totally went there. So leadership confidence, quick informed decision-making and agility. Pivot was the word, don't know about that. (laughs) And I think also... um, Watching, watching the numbers, and like it's it's just more than financial. But just watching the numbers of um, team happiness and team cohesion, watching the numbers of clients, and how they were showing up, watching all of those 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 business numbers that tell you that your business is still healthy. Um, yeah, and so kind of running a pretty tight business case. And pulling in me as a coach, pulling in the bookkeeper and the accountant around the, round the table to just understand how their business, you know, was going to kind of travel through this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, It's fantastic because, like, even though we don't and I don't want, no one wants another pandemic, but the skills that we have learned can be put to other things mm. just year on year because mm. life in general throws you curveballs whether you want it or not. Mm. Um so I think we all learnt something very interesting that we can just keep on. Um okay this is this is going back to more so like I guess five years ago did you think you'd be where you are today?
0: What was the date five years ago? Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gosh, I can't
0: do math. This is why I'm not. Seventeen. In I don't know. I was probably traveling. Like you got to love and hate Facebook, don't you? You know when that. You know when you're in lockdown in Melbourne and you're just getting Facebook memories of mm. Myanmar or India or Mexico or Spain or Italy or wherever you've been. Um, am I where I? uh oh, it's such five years for me has been such an inter- interesting five years. We've had, I think, two house moves and two office moves. Wow. Um, we've had a lot of travel since then as well. Um, but I guess at the high level, I'm happy and I'm healthy and I That's have awesome. a roof over my head and I don't think we've got much food in the fridge, but you know, <laughs> that is a short-term, a short-term problem. Um, and I've got team and I'm working with amazing clients. So if I didn't want that five years ago, I would have been pretty nuts, I reckon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, going back to basic questions, but I guess it is different for everyone I think everyone should know about this like what does success look like to you?
0: Hmm. Uh, I think it's about being helpful and friendly and i and I think kindness is is a really uh kind of key piece to this and success can be different things at different times, so <laughs> I wake up and today's Wednesday and I look at the day and I think, oh I'm going to be helping there. And I'm going to be doing this afterwards. And, you know, I can have success metrics across a day. I can have success metrics across a week. And they're not always related to my to-do list. Yeah. I can sort of see cash coming into the bank. Yay, that's good. That means that I have more choices to be able to do things differently and make an impact either across the team or across our clients or across the planet as I can choose to invest um, different things. Um, Success can also be about how, um, how I use my time and when I'm in the business and off the business. So success can be, you know, the sun came up and I saw it come up down the beach this morning so i love that Just <laughs> i'll look at honestly. the sunset for you to a sunrise tomorrow morning for you as well so success um can have lots of different things and for me it's a movable metric it's a yeah. movable metric um success is going to be getting to the gallery on sunday morning with a friend that's success <laughs> I'll just live vicariously through you, so that's fine. Okay, I'll go to the gallery for you any day. So <laughs> success doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be enormous.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Um, and I think you did touch on the fact that it depends on what season you're in. Like, mm. you know, you, you there's uh, the whole hustle culture I feel like is kind of going down the drain Um, I feel like people want to work smarter, but they also have this whole appreciation for, you know, self-care, making sure that you're Mm. good, that your cup is full so that you can Mm. impact others. Um, But whether you're in the moment working so much because you have a goal of putting out a program or uh, a new service, or maybe it is actually slowing down because you're doing something behind Mm. the business. I feel like success would look totally different, whether business-wise or personal-wise. But I love the fact that you've touched on also the the small things. Like we need to kind of take a step back and smell the roses, as cheesy Mm -hmm. as that sounds. But, Mm. um, yeah, you did talk about your clients and the programs and your impact. Mm. I thought we could just talk a little bit on that. And um, we already, I, I mean, if people don't know about your programs already, the amount of value that they would get from them, the clients mm. have valued them so much. What do they mean to you, in particular?
0: Hmm, I can um, pull some kind of story uh, from our um, entrepreneurial boardroom alliance because I've just run um, six days of boardroom for our EBA clients, and um, you know the what they share uh, in that environment is just breathtaking like absolutely phenomenal Uh, but there is a theme that I would not be where I am now without this group I would have gone nuts figuring out the COVID stuff without this group Um, I couldn't do this alone just comes through came through this morning you know um, yesterday this morning uh, it came through about um, I'm not lonely you know I've got people I can pick up the phone to. And uh, in chatting with um, someone yesterday who's probably coming in to join us, she said, I am so urgently needing a business community. And to have a business community that is about allied health business owners who are unashamedly out there to make a difference in all the best ways, um, you know, sign me up kind of stuff. So it is It is a bit about um, a community. And Uh, Whilst I facilitate all of our programs, I am not always the be-all and end-all of what needs to be done or where the goal is or the lived experiences. So um, I think community is a strong feature of what we we do. Uh, I think also, I've forgotten what the question was, but I'll just keep talking. Um, (laughs) You can pull me back to the question if you can remember what it was. Um, I also uh, really value the industry connections. Was it about value? I'll just yeah, talk. it was. It was like, okay. what does it mean to you? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I also really value some of the um, all of the industry partnerships and connections I've got. Like, I've just jumped off a call this morning. I can't wait to tell you, but I can't tell you here oh. <laughs> um, of a connection I've made with an amazing global platform who I just fangirl about, and um, yeah, you know how can we help was you know, the message from them. And um, I guess it's just a bit about that courage to go there and sort of just say, look, we think you're amazing. Our clients are falling in love with what you do. You know, how could we kind of make a difference? How could you, how could we help more people and totally up for it? And, you know, I, I'm thinking of accountants and financial planners and bookkeepers and systems people and marketing people and website people and all of those people who are really who really love working with Allied Health Business Owners. And if I can be a bit of glue that connects yeah. awesome people with other awesome people, then um yeah, cheers to that. That's a coffee on the beach at sunrise, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just want me to go to the beach. Like the beach literally for me is probably 10 minutes away. <laughs> I need to go there. I just need to go. Um, no, so that's That amazing. stuff
0: is unique. That stuff's really cool. That stuff lights me up that I can be that conduit. Um,
1: and and if- I wish they could see your face right now. Like I don't think we put this on YouTube anymore, but you did light up like your oh, eyes right. and everything about mm. you. And I, that's why I love having these conversations <laughs> because we get to see that or hear that in our ears.
0: <laughs> was that the question? What was that the was question? the question. No, that okay. was the
1: question. I think you nailed that question.
0: Um, that is high praise, Now, That is high praise.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you want to dive into this due to past years, but um, what, what are your goals? Can we have an insight of the goals for 2022?
0: hmm and then My, we got the
1: website up which was great yes
0: so if I've you haven't showing, seen it I've been so, showing people already is that all right I know it's not on the marketing plan but and it will ruin it. your surprise
1: <laughs> but if you haven't seen the website guys it's live and it looks beautiful um but yes that was one of our goals which I'm glad we smashed yep. but what are your other goals for 2022
0: going to dwell on the website just for 10 (laughs) seconds how long have we got I I don't know if anyone's still listening um that website I don't know did we you weren't even on the team when this project started so years ago so we've had some false starts with it and it's been a tough adventure but it's been really really good because um we've been able to grow with it And the business has been growing faster than the website has been (laughs) developing. So we're always just having to go back and top it up and top it up. But um, what I've learned in this process is that um, I can't do all of the things with all of the people all of the time. And um, we've just brought in a a business manager a couple of months ago. And to have someone get that thing over the line was just breathtaking for me um so it is a website that speaks to us it's it's not a classic business coach website by any stretch like there's no slogans and there's no um I don't know what all that stuff is I don't even know what it's called it really is about us and it's in our language and like people reviewing the copy said should that be that word? And I go, oh yeah, yeah, that's the word we use. <laughs> that's so what we use. We have
1: unique brand language.
0: <laughs> yeah, like words that made up. I didn't realize how many words I made up. I've been doing Wordle, and a whole lot of the words <laughs> I want to put in, they're not in the, <laughs> not in the, they're not in the um, database. So that's a worry. And so, um, you know, I, I think to come back to, you know, what I want to get done in twenty twenty two is to. Um, so my yeah my my I've got two keywords for um this year I've got sustainability as a word mm. and that's sustainability for humans, um, and if our programs can help allied health business owners stay in love with their businesses this year, our work is our work is done because I know that happy, confident, future-focused business owners are going to create optimistic teams, optimistic teams serve people with disabilities and give us the best possible chance of a really rich Australian fabric that embraces neurodiversity and inclusion and equity and all of those sorts of pieces. So, that's the game that um, drives me, that we support the business owners and we get that wonderful kind of ripple um down through australian society so that sustainability is really important we're going to keep business owners in the game yeah and getting results and staying happy and leading their their team so that's probably my top um my top word and i guess personally and across our team we're gonna you go we're gonna look after ourselves this year oh definitely definitely yeah um, and we 've got to sustain our systems we 've got to sustain our quality we 've got to sustain our values um, and we 've got to kind of sustain each other through all of through all of that as as well because um, yeah, you know we 're here for the the long game um, we 've got to make sure that what we do is continues to surprise and delight and kind of reach exceed our customers expectations and maybe even exceed our own and I'm
1: going to come back to this episode at the end of the oh, year, Kathy. Are you? And I'm going to be like, I reckon we did it. I, you reckon? I, yeah, I think we have a very good chance with the way we're going, definitely. But mm. I think for, yeah, for this conversation, I think that that is a great end point, just where we want to be at the end of the year and what we want to do and what we want to impact and who we want to impact. So thank you for giving your time and... Um, allowing me to give you all the run amok with my mind <laughs> uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off
0: what's it like working on the NACA team
1: I absolutely love working on the NACA team because they allow me to be my creative and systems oriented self um you just as a boss you just like <laughs> there were air quotes. I not There were air quotes, but like I, I, I see you. I mean, I see you as an equal. Like you really are that mentor for me as well. Because I see how you work, and I'm like, this is how you run a business. This is how you build a team. And I'm listening to your podcast, and I'm you know looking at the webinars that you're doing, and all that all all that great value there has helped me be a better team member for you but also a better team, a uh, better manager for my own mm. team. Um, but I absolutely love the fact that even though sometimes we may have quick deadlines <laughs> at no fault of break. our own, <laughs> no, at no fault of our own, it's just the way the world works because mm. we want to be like as reactive as possible. I love it because you go, I trust you. You have creative freedom. Here you go. And, yeah, I just love that. You've connected me with different people like Regina, Emma, Chloe. I feel like we've just banded together and have Mm. these really cool friendships as well that is outside of work. Mm. Um, So working with NACA has really put a lot into perspective for me as a business owner, but also just as a general team member and how to play as a team member. So, yeah.
0: Onwards and upwards to our rescheduled four times team day, I say
1: yes oh my gosh we will see each other in person we will we will awesome well thank you for everyone who has listened in and joined us for the entire episode Um, if you have any questions or want to get to know us more you can either become part of the love letter if you're not already or just join us on social media and see what we get up to
0: thanks thanks You are welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.